Hey, I'm Natasha Crane. And I'm Elisa Childers. Welcome to Unshaken Faith, where we equip you to live your Christian faith boldly in a chaotic culture. We grieve along with you and the rest of the world about all that's going on with the Israel-Hamas war right now. The pain that so many people are in is simply overwhelming. And as Christians outside the impacted region, we can feel pretty helpless. But we also believe in the power of prayer. We can't get so overwhelmed that we forget to turn to the Lord, who is infinitely more powerful than any human force. But we also want to acknowledge today that it can be hard to pray in times like this. We naturally have a lot of questions like, do our prayers really have an effect on something as big as a war? How do you pray when you don't really understand all the geopolitical and even the theological complexities? And where do you even start when there's just so much going on? It just feels like so many things can go through our minds right now. So in today's episode, Elisa and I just want to share some thoughts on those questions to encourage you to pray through this conflict. And we also have some prayer requests directly from a mom who is living in Jerusalem right now. And so we are really heartened to hear from her and we'll be sharing those with you at the end of this episode. So in the spirit of this episode, we're each going to offer a prayer tip today, specifically in lieu of our normal tips of the week. Elisa, what prayer tip do you have? Well, like you said, it can be difficult to know what to pray and how to pray when stuff like this is going on, where there's a very complicated history and there's uh, all sorts of dynamics that we may not even understand going on. And so my prayer tip is something that I remind myself of when things like this happen, and that's to always go back to Jesus' instructions on prayer. You know, just outside of even difficult situations, there can be so many things like prayer books and Bible studies and all these things that are are getting all this fancy creative stuff. But, you know, there is one thing that we can count on that is absolutely clear. And that's that Jesus said, pray like this. And then, of course, we all probably have memorized the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. And so there's a pattern to that prayer. And so every time, you know, the new fancy prayer book comes out or whatever it might be, I always go back to that. And I think, does it line up with how Jesus told us to pray? And that also keeps us out of the rut of thinking we have to constantly be asking God for things or almost negotiating like lawyers. But there's a very specific pattern to that prayer that's starts with adoration. There's confession of sin. There's asking that the Lord's will be done, even if you don't know what it is. So that that's my prayer tip is just to keep it simple because Jesus himself literally told us how to pray. And so we don't have to get fancy. We don't have to get all creative with it, but just share our hearts with the Lord with adoration, confession. We can ask for things, but also to follow that pattern because it, it's it's very clear and and it can keep us kind of on track with how we pray. I love that because it can be intimidating sometimes when you hear other people pray. Sometimes people are very flowery with their prayer language in a way that maybe you feel like, well, that, that's not just coming naturally for me. And the same thing with prayer books like you're talking about, but just keeping it simple and remembering it's not about having that magic formula or you know, the specific words that's right. so important. 
And my prayer tip is just don't think that something is wrong with you as a Christian if prayer is hard. So I just want to put it out there that prayer has always been hard for me. I am a really analytical person. So the fact that we're not given a ton of specific information in the Bible about the mind of God and how he evaluates requests makes it difficult for me to feel like my prayers matter sometimes. I mean, I just want more information. I want more data. That's just kind of how my mind works. And I know that's silly, but I'm just acknowledging that prayer really can be hard for Christians for all kinds of reasons, not just what I'm saying is difficult for me. But you know, the more that I talk with people about this subject, the more I hear that this is actually a common challenge. A lot of people find prayer difficult. So don't avoid praying just because you feel like you don't understand how it works enough to make it worthwhile. Don't avoid it because you think you're not good at it. You don't have enough words. You don't have the flowery language that other people have. Just don't avoid it for any reason. The Bible repeatedly tells us to pray. So we should be obedient to that, even when it does feel hard sometimes. But don't feel like there's something wrong with you as a Christian just because you find prayer difficult in general. Yeah, that's so good. I, I, I was trying to find this quote while you were talking because there's a famous quote, and I can't remember who said it, but just talking about how prayer is like the biggest challenge of the Christian life. And it, yeah. was, it was somebody that we would know, but I just couldn't find it. But yeah, that's really good advice. Well, like Natasha said at the beginning, Even when we want to pray during wartime, it can be a challenge. So we just want to work through some of those questions that she shared. So the first one was simply, do our prayers really have an effect on something as big as war? So even though we may not realize um, that the Bible tells us to pray, I think our human inclination is to self-limit when it comes to what we feel like we should pray for. So deep down, we can think things like, you know, what on earth will my prayers do in the middle of countries bombing each other? And so there are a couple of things, though, that we have to remember when we start thinking that way. First, the Bible doesn't distinguish between big and small prayers. We see all kinds of prayers in the Bible. Some are focused on very personal circumstances, like Paul Uh, uh, acknowledging prayers for his deliverance from jail. And this is found in Philippians 1.19. And others, especially in the Old Testament, are focused on asking for God's deliverance of an entire nation of Israel from its enemies. So the pattern of biblical prayer is to take all things to God, not just the things we think he might want to address from our prayers. And I found this even as a mom, even praying like, I remember one time Aiden lost his little Lightning McQueen car and I felt silly praying because I thought, that's so silly. There's so many things going on in the world, but it was like, no, you know what? God cares about everything that we care about. And it doesn't mean he's always going to say yes, but we should be coming to him. He's our father. This is a relationship. So we should be talking to him about all those things. And the second thing is that God is sovereign and omnipotent. He's in control of all things and he's all powerful. So that means that even when we feel like our seemingly tiny prayers make no difference in the scope of something much bigger, we have to remember that God literally can do anything anything that is that doesn't contradict the logic or his character. So if he wants to answer just one person's prayer about a huge war, he he can do that. He's perfectly able uh, to do so. Yeah. And I, and I think that we, like when we try to self-limit our prayers, we're kind of putting ourselves in the position of God sometimes. It's like, you know, well, God would answer this or he wouldn't answer that. And then we get disappointed if we don't have an answered prayer that we thought that God should answer. Right. right. So those are really good attributes of God to remember God is sovereign. God is omnipotent. He can handle prayers big and small. So we pray about everything. And I love how you, you mentioned that with your own kids, because that's so true as a parent, if you are always self-limiting and I caught myself doing this when my kids 
kids were younger, I really had to shift gears. If you find yourself self-limiting so that you're only praying about big, giant things, your kids don't necessarily have the opportunity to see God working in their lives through smaller answered yeah. prayers. And so we kind of take away that opportunity from them. So yes, pray about all things big and small. I love that. And, and another question that might be coming up for people, either consciously or subconsciously, is how do you pray if you don't really understand all of the geopolitical and theological complexities that are going on? So something that you might have noticed in the middle of all this is that Christians do have different theological views on the modern nation of Israel. I've been seeing this kind of discussion in all the groups that I'm on online, on Facebook and, and such. Some Christians believe, for example, that the church has replaced Israel and that there's no spiritual significance to the modern state of Israel, while others believe that God still has a plan for Israel specifically. And there are nuanced views across the spectrum of those two ideas as well. So you're seeing a lot of those different views come out in how Christians are discussing things and even how people are praying, what they assume to be happening in the future mm -hmm. and where uh, the the plan of history is going according to the Bible is going to affect how people pray. And then in addition to that, I've seen a lot of people asking in a lot of online groups about the historical and political background to all this. So plenty of people aren't really familiar with what Gaza is or its relationship to the state of Israel, who Hamas is, who Hezbollah is, the role that Iran's playing in the whole thing, all kinds of other stuff. So maybe you want to pray specifically for things, but you don't feel like you know enough about all these moving parts to do so. So to all of that, I say, don't get paralyzed. Just pray about what you do know. And there are a lot of things that all of us as Christians do know, the very foundations that we can come back to. So for example, all of us know every human is made in the image of God. Human life is valuable for that reason. And we know that there are many people who are not responsible for the evil that is happening on every side of this conflict. So a starting point for me when I pray about this is right there. It's that God would protect innocent people and minimize the loss of those lives. And then from there, there are a lot of other things that we can pray for as well. Elisa, what would you say some of those things are? Right. Well, that reminds me of something I've been praying about for the last couple of days because I've been traveling a lot. And um, I've been actually gone for about two weeks from home. And yet this trip has been fairly easy. Everybody that I've encountered has been pleasant and helpful and the hospitality has been great. And uh, just traveling has not worn me out like it typically can. And so I was praying to the Lord, like, thank you for that. That's a lot of, that's really merciful of you. But then I started to think, but I'm not getting that benefit of sanctification that I typically get. So it can be <laughs> tough to know, like, do I pray, Lord? sanctify me more on this trip. I, I'm not praying that, <laughs> but that's where it's like, it's so important to lean on God's sovereignty and to pray for his will. Because if we, we may not understand the bigger picture of what he's working together in, in different circumstances. And so just saying, Lord, have your way, have your way in all of the, these situations, but some specific things that we, we can pray about is the pain and suffering of those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, you know, despite the government's um, there are there are people all over on both sides who are suffering, people that aren't necessarily involved in the conflict. So we need to pray about that. The provision of necessities of those that are in the war zones. Um, and, and just going back to the Lord's Prayer, that evil will be toppled. Pray for justice. Uh, deliver us from evil. That's from the Lord's Prayer. That's such an important thing to pray, especially when we feel powerless and we don't necessarily know all the details. We can say, Lord, let justice be done. Let evil be toppled. Deliver us from evil. And then 
we can pray that God will bring good from the evil as he does time and time and time again, as we've seen in our own lives and as we've witnessed throughout world history, that God um, will, it's a promise for those who trust in him to work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his name, but also he can bring great good from great evil in a world history type of setting from his um, sovereignty and his omnipotence. So uh, we also want to pray that there would be new opportunities to share the gospel as a result of what happened. We know that there are Christians in Gaza. We, we want to pray for them. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ in Israel and in Gaza that, that God will... Um, work in them and that they will be able to sh be a light and sh and share the gospel wherever they are. Yeah, and notice that you don't have to understand anything about the background to play to pray for justice to come about, right? Or to say like Lord topple the evil. You don't have to know about those things when you're praying for what is right, you're praying for righteousness, you're praying for justice. God knows what those things are. So it's kind of like Lisa you were saying, you know, like I want God to do what's best for me basically. You know, if it's yeah. the the comfort or if it's the sanctification, what you're really saying is, well, I don't want to decide what that is. So Lord, you decide what's best and please give that yeah. to me. Lord, you decide what's evil. You know what's evil. So please topple the evil. Lord, you know what is just. So please do justice. So you don't have to get paralyzed by knowing, well, what would that look like exactly here? What's the history? <laughs> what's, what's going yeah. on? And, and some people are praying more specifically with that background. That's okay, but you don't have to do that. And I think that's where it seems like a lot of people are, are feeling like their hands are tied. Um, their prayer hands are tied sort of metaphorically, I guess. Well, we want to conclude by sharing some really special words with you guys. There is a mom who leads a Christian ministry in Jerusalem, and she reached out to me to share about what it's been like right there uh, in the middle of Israel right now. What is it like? She has young children, and my heart goes out to her, her whole community, everyone out there like we've been talking about. And I told her, hey, we're, we're going to do this episode on prayer. Would you just share with us what you're praying for? What is your church community praying for? And so with her permission, I'm going to read you directly her prayer request. So this is from a message that she sent to us. She said this, Firstly, the Messianic community is praying for the salvation of Israel. We are praying that they would see the Lord is faithful and come to saving knowledge of their own Messiah. We are also praying for the salvation of our Arab neighbors, for brotherly love, and for them to have the Lord's heart for Israel as the apple of his eye. We are praying for the IDF, which is the Israeli military, to safely and effectively dismantle Hamas for the good of the entire region. So much of our prayer meetings are focused on praying for the IDF, for their safety and for their wisdom, for miraculous protection and discernment. We are also in prayer for soldiers in the units cleaning the villages that were massacred, and they have asked for prayer for their units as they are seeing hard and painful things. We are praying for the hostages to remain safe and to be returned to their families quickly. The northern border is a huge concern. Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad are all Iranian proxies. They all work with Iran to accomplish their evil agenda, and we are praying for protection on the northern border where the cells have more direct access to Iranian support. We are also asking the Lord to give us time to grieve as a nation and for the families who lost loved ones in the massacre. 
We went from devastation and shock to defending our nation without properly sitting Shiva, which is the seven-day mourning tradition of the Jewish people. We're also all very tired. Please pray for the civilians to be able to rest and sleep well. We're all working really hard in a variety of volunteer capacities, and the adrenaline letdowns from the sirens are exhausting. We are a nation of overwhelmed people right now, and we need to rest. Hope. Please pray for hope and that the Israeli people will see the Lord and be aware of his comfort after this loss. The propaganda war is very stressful for us as well. The left woke ideology hates everything God loves, including Israel. It's really hard to see truth twisted and Israel presented as an oppressor. We are constantly praying for the nations to know what is truth, what is true, and what is factual. Our army is the most heavily scrutinized in the world, and we go beyond what is required to ensure ethical processes. We are dealing with people who make that very difficult. Endurance. We don't know how long this mission will take, and we need to endure in the Lord in healthy and holy ways. Wisdom about decisions, big and small, whether it's when and where to go to the grocery store or if and when to evacuate. So far, our entire community of friends is still here and no one has left. Pray for the moms who are now single parenting after the husbands left for reserves. Pray for them to get the rest and help they need from the community. Please pray for the children to be shielded from trauma, both in lived experiences and images in the media. Many of our friends who were here for the Gulf War as children said it increased their faith. So there are ways that this can be positive as long as we keep their needs at the forefront. So we, we just thank her so much for sharing all of this with us. And it's, um, it's, amazing to see how many things we don't necessarily think of on this side. We can talk about the things we we talked about earlier in this episode, but when you hear some of the specific things people pray for when they're facing this firsthand, it is um, it is amazing. It's heartbreaking, but we lift mm-hmm. up all of those prayer requests to the Lord this morning. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate her getting all of that detail in so that we can have real specific points to pray for. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the Natasha Crane podcast and the Elisa Childers podcast. We do more long form episodes and go deeper into topics like this. But let's remember that as Christians, we have a firm foundation to stand on that as Psalm 62 puts it, is our rock and salvation, our fortress where we will never be shaken.